The Edge of the World Art Studio is proud to present Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Danielle Lee. Artwork by Helen Rachel Lee. Music by Fish Zombie the Onions. And special thanks to Spooky the Cat for her contributions, fuzzy as they might be. Chapter 100 Following the White Rabbit Part 1 1883 April 21st Henry's Bar, Colorado Euricity stood at the bar and motioned for Colin to come over. Luke, good to see you. Your boys are setting up now. You come here to hear the music? Maybe. But first I have to ask you, how is that new girl working out? Doing well. Hard worker. And it's nice to have someone around from the old country. That accent of hers making me homesick. She was one of the Amazons, wasn't she? Yep. Did she know Anna? From what I understand, she worked directly under her. Still refers to her as boss for some reason. She here? She's in the back doing inventory. You want to talk to her? Yeah. Go ahead. Colin stepped aside to let Euricity come around the bar and into the back room. Euricity kicked the swinging door with his foot. It opened, smashing into a crate as he did. The loud noise startled Alcibi. She dropped the bottle she was holding and then scrambled to catch it as it fell. Just before it hit the ground, she grabbed it around the neck. She took in a big breath and let it out again, setting the bottle back up on the counter. Holy mother, you scared the shit out of me. You gotta be more careful. Don't go barging through doors like that. Who the hell you think you are, anyways? I'm Luke. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. You're the boss's, um, parent. Alcibi brushed her hands through her hair nervously. Just call me Luke. Right, right. It's just that the boss talks about you so highly, I feel like I'm in the presence of a legend. What can I do for you? I want to ask you about Thalia. I'm sure the boss could answer the questions better. She probably could, but getting her to talk is not always that easy. Especially how she is right now. I'm worried about her, and I want to know, is there anything I can do to help? But I can't help if I don't have all the facts straight. Well, I don't know what I can do for you. I'm not one to spread rumors and gossip. And you probably know most of what I'm going to tell you anyways. Like, you must know by now. Thalia was a prostitute. Yeah, that much I was able to pry out of my daughter. But other than that, what was she like? What was their relationship like? I was sorry to hear she'd passed. And I don't want to speak ill of the dead. But honestly... Nobody is perfect, and the two of them together weren't anywhere near it. What happened? Now, don't get me wrong. They loved each other, and that was obvious. But but for every day they spent in bed together, they spent another day fighting and not talking to each other over something trivial. You know, they nearly broke up the day I met the boss. Apparently, Thalia wasn't happy about me taking the job as her assistant. She got really jealous of the time we'd need to spend together, putting up the still and running it. Was there... Ever anything between you? Well now, that's not quite an appropriate question to ask. But no, the boss likes her girls. Well, pretty. She likes her friends. Shall we say handsome. You should have seen us, the three of us, running around Denver, all dressed up like men, with guns on our hips, walking around like we were invincible. Of all the crimes we committed, of all the improprieties we were supposed to have been guilty of, 
I always thought it was weird that the one thing people seemed to hate the most was that we were wearing pants. You would have thought we'd spit on Jesus? <laughs> well, that I understand. There were three of you? You know about Cassandra, right? I've heard something. Who's Cassandra? Cassandra was the boss's other assistant. Was Thalia jealous of her, too? Oh, no. Cassandra's only twelve. She was the boss's assistant before we met. Apparently, before she met Thalia, too. Cassandra had a gun? Yeah, she was a good shot, too. The boss had been teaching her. At twelve? Well, rumor is, you started teaching the boss when she was ten. Yeah, but we're out here in the middle of nowhere. I wouldn't have done it if we were in Denver. Cassandra's a good kid, smart as a tack, and fast as lightning. She and the boss made a good team, like they were born to it. And, after all, it wasn't Cassandra who did something stupid. It was me that fucked up. Eighteen days earlier, April 3rd, the Walker Farm. Where is she? Where is that no-good horse thief? Naomi asked as she stormed into the kitchen at the Walker Farmhouse. Who are you talking about? Alcibi asked in return as she drank a cup of coffee sitting at the kitchen table. The whiskey girl, who do you think I'm talking about? I don't think she's stolen any horses. Thalia is my girl, and if she thinks she's going to ride off with her and get married without talking to me first, she's going to get my boot up her ass. Oh, not horse thief. Whore thief. They'll hang you for stealing horses. I'm not sure of the penalty for stealing your whore. Especially if they're willing to go with you. Although, it might save you from the gallows if after you stole a horse, you married it. Then you're just eloping. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I want to talk to the whiskey girl. Is she here? Her and Thalia are celebrating. I heard they got engaged last night. Where did she go? What do you mean? Where did they go to celebrate? They didn't go nowhere. They're in their room. Why didn't you just say that? Naomi turned to walk down the hallway. Because they're celebrating. And if you walked into that room right now, you might see something you don't necessarily want to. Naomi stopped. It's not like I haven't seen it before. You and the boss go way back, so I'm sure if you barged into her room right now, she probably wouldn't shoot you. Probably not, anyways. Shoot me? Probably not. I mean... You are walking in there, trying to demand she return her future bride. I would think anybody else tried to do that, they'd probably end up with a couple more holes in them, or at least more bruises than they can count. But you're a special case. Go ahead. Barge on in there. Screaming your head off. I'm sure you can force the two of them apart. Damn it, Alice. Anyone ever tell you you talk too much? Well, this one time, back in Ireland, I knew this fella. He had one leg shorter than the other. Did nothing all day but drink and hobble around. It got so bad, it was hard to tell if he was wobbling because of the leg or because he was drunk. Alice, do you have a point? That guy once told me I talked too much. Does that have anything to do with the whiskey girl? No, not really. Alcibi took a sip of her coffee. I'm just trying to stall you till you calm down. You see, it's better to talk things over when you're not all worked up. Would you like some coffee? Naomi walked over to the cupboard and pulled down a mug for herself and went to the stove to pour herself a cup of coffee. She sat down at the table across from Alcibi and reached out for the sugar bowl. She put three large scoops of sugar into her coffee and stirred it with her spoon. 
You really not gonna let her go? Alcibi asked. Damn it, Alice! What am I supposed to do? We were a team. She was my first girl, and we were gonna do this together. It was gonna be us together until we were two old women retired in a old big mansion with just a horde of servants. And then this morning, I wake up to find a letter on my desk. She's gonna marry the whiskey girl. You had to see this coming. Really, is it that much of a surprise? I thought someday they'd just break up. Lady Venus said they weren't suited for each other. She told me that if they got together, Whiskey Girl would just leave her for what she was really looking for. What is she looking for? I don't know. Lady Venus wouldn't tell me. Probably because if I knew, I'd get it and throw it at her. Just so I could have my folly back. What are you going to do now? I'm going back to the mayor's mansion. Do you mind if I go with you? I'm supposed to meet up with some woman named Mrs. Castle. You mean Mistress Castle? Don't call her Mrs. Castle. She will bend you over and whip you with her riding crop. <laughs> she can't be that bad. Elsie laughed. No, that's the standard punishment. I'm not joking, Naomi said as she drank her coffee. Elsie waited at the bar in the lounge. Elsie waited at the bar in the lounge of the mayor's mansion. Excuse me, I'm looking for a girl named Alice, Mistress Castle asked. Alcibi turned to look at her. She was beautiful, in a pink and red silk dress. Her hair was done up under a veiled hat. It fell across her eyes. Well, you're in luck. I happen to be a girl named Alice. I take it you must be Mistress Castle? Alcibi smiled. Oh, no. You're the bodyguard? Oh, this won't do. What won't do? Are you sure the whiskey girl is not available? She's going to be busy today. Apparently, she got engaged. Damn! Was it that cute little whore? If you're talking about Thalia, then yes. Oh, that's just my luck. <sighs> I'm always a day late. I tried to make my move on Florence, but she's already married Sarah, whoever her name is. Every time I set my sights on someone, they're already taken. Not to ask too many questions, because certainly it's none of my business. But aren't you married? Yes, a mere inconvenience. It's not a man I'm looking for. It's just the right girl. And I won't do. Oh, not dressed like that you won't. What are those pants made of? Burlap? Ugh. And that gun? I don't think I've ever seen something so ugly and awkward in my entire life. And for the love of God, what is that you have on your head? That's my hat. Oh, sweetheart. It looks like it's been stomped on by horses, run over by a train, and then set on fire two or three times. It may be a little worse for wear, but it once belonged to my father. It's come all the way from Ireland. I'm kind of sentimental about it. Oh, then hang it on the wall, but don't put it on your head. If you're going to work for me, you're going to need a new hat. And while we're at it, um, new boots, new pants, new shirt, new vest, and a new haircut. What's wrong with my hair? Oh, sweetie, two blonde braids off the side of your head? What are you, eight years old? And why aren't you a redhead? I thought all Irish girls were redheads. No, no, this is not acceptable. You must come with me immediately. Well... 
I wouldn't be your bodyguard if I didn't follow you around for a while, so I guess I must do what I must do. But really, I don't have any money to buy new clothes. Oh, don't be ridiculous. Money is not a concern. I will pay for your clothes. That's kind of you, but I don't think I could accept your charity. A girl does have her pride. Oh, sweetheart, it's not charity. It's a uniform. I have a butler. I expect him to wear a tuxedo. I have maids. I expect them to wear uniforms that I give them. If you are to be my bodyguard, I expect you to dress appropriately. I will supply you the clothes. You will keep them clean and pressed and wear them when you are in my company. I will also expect you to keep up proper grooming standards. That means you are going to get a haircut, and you are to keep it neat and trim. Well, I guess, when you put it that way, I really can't complain. But don't expect me to wear a dress. I wouldn't be able to protect you properly in it. <laughs> of course not. It wouldn't suit you. Come on, let's go. We'll stop at the tailor's first. Mistress Castle, I understand your concerns, but I don't feel right about selling a suit to one of those... Amazons. The tailor argued. You aren't selling a suit to one of the Amazons. You're selling it to me. This woman is to be my bodyguard. I want her to have something nice to wear and also appropriate for the job that I intend her to do. Mistress Castle said, not looking at the man, but casually running her hands across the decorative buttons on display. Why can't she do it in a dress? Oh, because the holsters and the belts she will need to wear to carry the guns she will be required will not be able to be strapped to her legs if she was wearing a skirt. Still, still, it just ain't right, and I don't want people seeing my work on her and thinking I support those women. Oh, Marcus, you have run this tailor shop for how many years? Ten? Twelve? And every year in February you take out a loan to buy supplies. The bank is happy to extend you credit because you have always in the past faithfully repaid the loan in the fall. Now, it would be a shame if the bank lost faith in your future earnings. I mean... If they heard that you were turning away work that came in, even though they were offering you double what you would normally charge, it would be terrible if they decided to call in the loan now. How much do you owe right now? Was it, um, $549.38, if memory serves correctly? Mistress, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to start trouble, nor am I turning down a sale. You'll have your suits. Just... Have your girl stand on the podium, and I'll take her measurements. The tailor agreed. That's better. I'm sure the bank manager will be happy to hear that your shop is doing so well. Alice, go ahead, step up on the podium for your measurements, Mistress Castle ordered. It would be my pleasure, she replied. Elsabee stood on the small platform in the center of the shop. The tailor began working, taking her measurements very carefully. He seemed to grumble under his breath, but Mistress Castle ignored him. So, where are you from, Alice? Belfast. My family's lived there for generations, and there's still a lot of us over there. But my father's house was getting a bit crowded, as my brothers got older and began to have families of their own. Four of us younger kids decided to pool our money together and head out to America. We came through New York, but the place was even more crowded. We immediately moved south. My brother set up in the mountains of West Virginia. They had a pretty lucrative business selling moonshine to the locals. Nothing helps you fit in, like a few bad jokes and a lot of booze. But in time, for me, it got a bit crowded there too. Maybe I just 
the restless kind, because I decided to head out west on my own. I got as far as Denver when I ran out of money. Cynthia got me a job as a waitress. We got to be good friends, so when she asked me to move over to work for Celia, I didn't hesitate. That's when I met the boss. The boss? Yeah, you know, the whiskey girl. They told me to report to her and help her put together a still for the Applejack that they wanted to produce. So I worked directly for her. What she says goes. <laughs> Do you always take orders from somebody? Don't get me wrong. I can stand on my own if I need to sometimes. But when you're taking money and not giving it out, you tend to have to keep your head down and do what you're told. I'm not uncomfortable taking orders. And what if I ordered you to do something? Haven't you been? I don't see the difference. Stand here, wear this, wear that. I'm fine with it. As long as you're paying the bills, that makes you the boss. Or in this case, the mistress. So, you would do anything I ask? I don't know. So far, you haven't asked to do anything all that difficult. And whatever you ask me to do, I'll probably give it my best, even if I fail. Okay. What if I asked you to break the law? Are you likely to do that? Well, probably not. But what if I did? It would depend on what you asked me to do and whether or not I thought I could get caught. It's not like I haven't broken the law before. I'm an Irish woman trying to make her way in the West. I have come very far. And I have needed to do things maybe other people wouldn't. The laws are there to protect the rich. They don't always necessarily work for the poor. And when push comes to shove, you shove. It's all you can do. The tailor finished the measurements and stood. All done, mistress. I can have a suit for you by next week. Oh, that's unacceptable. I need one by five o'clock today. I'll pay you extra to rush it. I want two more by the end of business tomorrow. I would also like one in black and one in gray, and one in that beautiful silver you have. Oh, and she'll also need a dress shirt. Make it one of those with uh, ruffles on the front, and at least to the collar. After all, she's a woman. Anything else? Um, yes. Tie, gloves, buttons, cufflinks, you know, the, the full kit. Of course, mistress. The tailor rolled his eyes. I'm sorry, am I boring you? Do you need me to remind you what will happen if you do not fulfill my request? No, mistress. Then I expect you to treat me and any friend I bring into this establishment with your full attention. If I see you roll your eyes one more time, or I hear you turned away a sale because they were a woman, you will find that even though this is your shop, you can be replaced. Do I make myself perfectly clear? Crystal, mistress. Good. Five o'clock, then. We'll return. Alice? It's time to move on. Of course, mistress. Where shall we go next? The gun shop, of course. In the carriage, on the way to the gun shop, Alice will be sat across from Mistress Castle. Have you ever read Alice in Wonderland? Of course. Who hasn't? And doesn't a book just draw you in when it has your name on the cover? Although, I never really did identify with the main character until today. Somehow, today feels like I've been chasing a white rabbit. <laughs> Am I the White Rabbit? You certainly seem to be leading me somewhere. Do you mind? Like I said before, you're in charge, so I do as you ask. Well, what if I asked you to do something mm, morally questionable? Well, that depends on whose morals you're talking about. Mine or yours. <laughs> well, I'm a married woman, but if I asked you to kiss me, would you? <laughs> I was warned about you. 
Volya told me you slept with every whore in the brothel and some of the ladies in town. Now, I'm not saying that there's anything immoral about that. I don't like to judge, and so I refuse to do it to others. But personally, I'm your bodyguard, not your whore. If you were to ask me to kiss you, I may or may not do it. But I wouldn't do it because you were paying me. You would kiss me. I am a married woman. You are, but I'm not. If you think adultery is a sin, then it's your sin to commit. I wouldn't necessarily feel guilty about it. After all, I'm not cheating on anyone. Do you like women? I'm no stranger to the affections of women. And men? I've never had the opportunity. Of course, I've never tried to create the opportunity either. <laughs> All right, Wonderland. I'll pay you a dollar to kiss me. That is the same price I would pay one of the girls in the brothel for an entire hour. I'm still not your whore. All right, two dollars. The answer is no. Four dollars. I don't think you understand. If you're playing some sort of game of wills, you're going about it all wrong. I have no incentive to comply if you keep raising the price. In fact, the longer I hold out, the better for me, because either I give in at a high price, or win the game. Either way, I come out on top. So you like being on top? Mistress Castle asked. Alcibi coughed and took a moment to recover the question. <laughs> to find that out, we'd need to know each other a lot better. Okay, do you gamble? I've been known to roll a dice on occasion. Let's make a wager. I will wager $100 against one kiss, but you can't guess my first name. If you can guess my name before, I don't know, let's say six o'clock this evening, then I will give you $100. But if you fail, you must kiss me. I see. Is it Rumpelstiltskin? <laughs> no fair guessing until you've agreed to the bet. All right. You have yourself a bet. Alcibi held out her hand, and Mistress Castle shook it. The carriage stopped in front of the gun shop, and the porter jumped down from the buckboards to open the door for them. Inside the gun shop, Rick looked up from his newspaper he was reading. Mistress Castle, is everything okay? I didn't fill out a check wrong again, did I? No, 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 no. I'm not here on bank business. I'm here to buy a gun. You want a gun? Do you want a rifle, a shotgun, a pistol? Well, I want to see your finest pistol. Not the trash you have on display here. You must have something special, something beautiful. I think I know what you're looking for. Rick said as he stepped into the back room. I know. Your name is also Alice. You think that it's the last thing I will guess because my name's Alice. Alcibi said as they waited for Rick to return. <laughs> nope. Try again. Bianca. Nope. Mary? Isn't that a little bit too common? But it's the common ones I probably won't guess. Right? It could be anything. How about a little hint? <laughs> no hints. I want to win this game, so it's not going to benefit me any to give you hints. Where are you from? I don't think it's going to help you, so I'll tell you. I moved out west from Chicago. What's your family like? Mother? Father? Did you have any siblings? Well, my father was also a banker. I didn't have any siblings, and my family was relatively well off. I was allowed to go to women's college, where I studied finance and mathematics. I wanted to work for my father's bank, but he refused to let me. So I made up a fake name and wrote up a resume implying that I was a man. I sent it to banks around the country. Denver was the first to accept. When I showed up, they were upset that I was a woman, but still desperate for help, so... 
They let me keep the job until they could find someone else more qualified to fill it. The man who owned the bank kept asking me out, so one day I took him up on his offer. As long as his affections held, I could also hold my position. It was two years before he asked me to marry him. So I said yes, because if I said no, my entire life would have fallen apart. I would have been fired from the bank, I would have had to leave Denver and return home. So I married him, and I pretend to love him, but really, he holds me on a leash. How can you love someone who is constantly threatening you? I still oversee the bank's investments and receipts. I run the bank. That sounds terrible. How do you live like that? Well, it wasn't easy until I met Florence. Florence showed me how to use my money and the power that was forced on me to get what I wanted out of life. I was married, yes, but my husband's money gave me a position of power that allowed me a kind of freedom as long as I didn't abuse it, and now life is a balancing game, set between piety and decadence. I can have the pleasures known only by the gods as long as I pretend I'm as pure and chaste as a virgin saint. Virginia. Your name is Virginia. (laughs) No. Try again, Mistress Castle smiled. All right. Here you go. Rick said as he re-entered the room and set three boxes on the counter. This first box is a set of antique dueling pistols. He opened the box to reveal them. They were flintlock with carved handles set with jewels. Well, they're lovely, but impractical. They only hold one shot. It would take me a good minute and a half to reload them. Dueling is probably the only thing these are good for, and only if you're planning to shoot a French aristocrat. (laughs) What else do you have? Mistress Castle asked. The next one was designed specifically for a woman to use. Rick opened the box to show them a small, two-shot pocket pistol. It was gold-plated and etched with scrollwork across the metal. No, this gun is too small caliber, and the bullets probably custom-made. Getting more than those that are in this box would be difficult. It's a good gun, if you want to hide it in the folds of your dress, but no respectable gunslinger would put this on the hip. The gun is for you, Rick asked. Who'd you think it was for? I thought, well, okay. This next set will probably be to your liking, then. Rick brought the last box and set it, this time, in front of Alcibi. He opened it to reveal two highly polished, nickel-plated, Colt double-action revolvers. Alcibi could see her reflection in the metal. The handles were mother-of-pearl, with a black pearl inlay depicting a heart, a diamond, a club, and a spade. Alcibi couldn't speak. She just reached out slowly to pick up the guns. They were lighter than her skull field, and the balance seemed to fit her well. If she had been given the choice before, these were certainly the guns she would have wanted. She opened the barrels to look inside. They were empty, but they barely made any noise as she closed the barrel again. She pulled the hammer back. It was smooth. She looked down the sights across the gun shop. Do you like those? Yeah. These are beautiful. All right. Then they're yours. This is too much. I can't. We've already been through this. I want you to look your best when you're with me. But this is more than I could have hoped for. It's unfair. I will never be able to pay these back. I know you grew up poor, but for today, let's pretend you're rich. (sighs) Money means nothing, and if you want something, you buy it. Buy it and enjoy it. Today you have fallen into my wonderland. I will be your white rabbit, and I will show you what it's like. Mistress Castle turned to Rick. 
we will take them. And I'll need um, matching leather holsters, black leather, the finest you have, and whatever ammo the guns require, and a full polishing and cleaning kit. Of course, mistress. Uh, give me a moment. Elsabee set the guns back in their box. I don't know how to thank you, she said. Mistress Castle took Elsabee by the hands and held them. There's no need to thank me. I am doing this for selfish reasons. What could possibly be selfish about this? I want to see you happy. You being happy is making me happy. I rarely find joy in money. I gave up too much of my life to hold on to it. And now when I spent it, all I could remember is the pain and sorrow of those sacrifices. But buying something for you, you light up with joy. I can't wait to see you in your suit. I can't wait to see you smile. Josephine. Your name is Josephine. I'll be guess. <laughs> nope. Try again. This has been Helen of the Iron Horse. Written by Paris Lee. Artwork by Helen Lee. Performed by Helen and Paris. All characters within are fictional and bear no intentional resemblance to anyone living or dead. Except, I guess, for Helen and Paris. See more of our work at edgeoftheworldart.com. If you would like to comment on the show or ask any question, please email us at helenoftheironhorse at gmail.com. The proceeding was made with the love and encouragement of all of our friends at the L.A. LGBT Center's Trans Lounge. Thank you. Thank you.